0: Okay, we're gonna do some question and answer. It was popular a week ago or so. Um, so I, thought I would do the same thing. I'm just going to go through some of these comments people leave um, on the videos and then answer or comment on the comment. Uh, let's see, we got here, Freddie Walker. Okay, I have a question. When you say no more strategy, no more agenda, do you mean agenda in regards to spiritual practice or real world improvement and progression. In this instance, I mean both. What if you had no agendas right now? What if you had no agendas? And I know when I say that, the mind might automatically start revving up going, well, then how am I gonna get things done? How can I accomplish this? How can I, et cetera, et cetera. That's all thought. That's the world of thought, right? The world of thought, what I'm pointing to is the the realization or recognition that the world of thought is always seeking. It always has an agenda that is ignoring the experience of being alive right now to some degree. It's ignoring it because it's redirecting attention up into the mind, into thought, and then ultimately into the house of mirrors where it's just thought after thought after thought. What I'm pointing to is the, is the truth that you can actually move the attention into the physical experience of aliveness, into the body, into the sound, into the sensation, uh, and by investigating those spaces, those experiences, those appearances in a very precise and direct way, that can be your prim- become your primary experience. This is essentially non-dual realization or deep stage realization, but it does happen. When that occurs, it's seen very, very clearly that agendas aren't needed. Uh, uh, ideas and dreams and hopes and wishes and all the purpose and meaning it's just those are just dreams, they're just dreams of the mind. They're just thoughts, mere thoughts. They're not required for anything. And I understand that when I say this and attention is already in that thought system, the thought system is internally consistent. It will defend itself. It doesn't want to hear this because it'll think, well, I'll never get anything done. I'll never accomplish anything if I don't think about all this stuff. But the one of the keys to this is to see the other side of that. To see the other side of the world of hopes and dreams and purpose and meaning and imagining everything and imagining a future. The other side is when you feel completely out of control in regard to thought so anxiety overthinking depression uh, the mind just going nuts and dragging you along and then sometimes really intense almost or not almost but truly pathological relationship with thought Some something like ocd something like ptsd uh severe anxiety these are all relational in reference to thought it and so when we have so much buy-in and belief in thought as something that is a volitional b meaningful as far as um carrying out agency uh and c something that's needed healthy and desired What, what we're doing is we're we're buying into something where we're actually giving something energy that will ultimately come around and kick us but we don't always make that connection so so what's really strange is sometimes when we start to feel uncomfortable, ungrounded, um anxious, fearful of the future, uh, guarded, uh defensive, when we f- start to feel all that, what we do is convince ourselves we just need more of the other side of it. We need more positivity, more seeking, more mental um whatever, <laughs> grasping and, and so forth. And we don't we don't make that connection so easily. We can go years without making this connection and then you start to feel something like burnout or inauthenticity or um feeling like a um a fraud in life right if you see it clearly you realize both of those to go together the the upside th- to thought the seeming upside to thought and the very real downside to thought and when you realize that th- those go together and they're just two sides of the same coin they're they're the side effects of the addiction to thought when that's seen when that's clear then you have an opportunity to actually start to investigate the nature of identity itself that which feels like it's be- being identified with thought that's what that which feels like it's carrying out thinking that's that which feels like the thoughts refer to it right if you investigate that closely enough directly enough it, that spell will break uh and then the the stages of realization beyond that deepen considerably and and the one i mentioned earlier is when attention has um as far as identity is concerned, has completely disentangled from thought. And we find ourselves in this world of non-dualistic aliveness, which is, the mind identification cannot hold a a candle to it. It's not even close, experientially, to how much intimacy is here. And we know that, we know that at some level, and many people experience it periodically or episodically, but the realization of it is something that is altogether beyond that because it's not reversible. It's not something that you can ever go back into the illusion again, really. There can be thoughts, but it's not going to invert reality anymore such that the the world of seeking, the world of becoming, the world of uh, thinking, 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 seeking, 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 which really is nothing but avoiding this momentary experience of aliveness it will never have that grip anymore it can't do that because it's seen through it's dispelled that the illusion is dispelled so that's what i'm really getting at when i'm talking about this when i'm talking about uh, no more strategies no more agendas etc cool good question okay someone says i always wonder if we are actually seamless with nature i don't know if i'd say it that way it's not like there's a me that's seamless with nature it's much in realization. It's much more like there's just no me. There's just there's just natural movement or something. But even that, like, do I have to call it nature or natural movement? Because what am I comparing it to? So in one sense, there's just um, thusness or isness, maybe something like that. But anyway, when there's that seamless experience or knowing or realization, then why can we say no to things? You can't. When when the realization is here, there is you you see that that it's impossible. Nothing can be hidden. Nothing can be denied. Nothing can stand apart from something and push against it in any real way. It's impossible. So there you go. That is the answer with the realization that that disappears. Not only does no disappear. Yes. Disappears. You're not in control. The sense of agency is gone. When the sense of agency is gone, the fundamental, no, the, the aversion and which is followed by the, the yes, which we feel like we're empowering ourselves. those are just gone because they're realized to be mere thought. And it says if it's seamless, then aren't our lives deterministic and without free will? That's The problem with that is with the realization, you see that the, that the last part of that question doesn't make sense anymore. With the realization, you have to realize it. When it's realized, that doesn't make any sense anymore. Um, there's no my life. <laughs> and deterministic almost assumes, assumes a couple of different things or assumes one of a couple of different things. One is there's like some kind of plan that was set ahead of time. But if you, that's thats if you believe in time, when you see that there's, there's no time, there's just some sort of timelessness, then it's much more like everything, for lack of a better way of saying it, is just so. It's just how it is. So is that deterministic? Well, there's no agent determining it, and there's no time point at which a linear progression was determined. So it doesn't really make any sense anymore, okay? It's like it feels like maybe a combination of of will of freedom. I wouldn't say free will. There's no will and there's no free agent apart from anything to have that will. But it feels like a combination of of freedom and and sort of I wouldn't call it determinism, but it's it's like a just rightness. Like things are exactly how they only could be. It has that feel to it. But it's there's no philosophical uh, description that exactly fits it. So that's my best answer there. In the moment, maybe later I'll have a different one. Uh, da, 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 da. Angelo, after the second awakening, liberation—could there still be shadow? Um, the assumption is that the second the second awakening is liberation. Um, there's an assumption built in, of course, to that. Uh, if you're talking about liberation from the self structure, then uh, there's really no shadow anymore. And that, but that's not always the end of suffering strangely enough um, it, it's close to the end of suffering because when there's nowhere for anything to hide anymore like there is no shadow or you could say what was what was shadow material that's now completely on the surface then <laughs> you have no no way to hide from it anymore it's just there and so all the energies are there it can it can take some time to acclimatize to that and the suffering is like a remnant of will a remnant of a personal will but there's no personal anymore so it's kind of like will um, that remnant, uh, maybe you could call it energetic restlessness or something, if you wanted to. But that remnant uh, is what feels really uncomfortable in direct experience, because it's completely unnatural, because it doesn't exist, because it can be dispelled like this, through through a simple inquiry. So there can be some suffering left, but it's you're seeing it in so such sharp relief, and you're seeing that there's nothing that suffers anymore. There's no sufferer, just the suffering in sharp relief it's dissipated very quickly, generally, but it can be rather intense. Okay, good question. Next question. Surely we have a mind structure ego for a good reason. Interesting question, right? Um, A a reason is such a superficial thing, right? It's a a thought. So if we talk about the mind or the mechanism of mind or consciousness, um, that seems very, it's experientially very primary to thought. So that's kind of like trying to put the, the cart before the horse to say what is the reason for consciousness consciousness is the source of thoughts that that appear as to appear to provide reasons let's say so it's kind of a nonsensical question to me at least a non sequitur um if you want to talk philosophically do we need a bunch of thought and a complex mind to survive and so forth um no animals show us that they they don't uh the humans have, have the humans evolved such that we actually are required to have that complexity of mind as we're developing, um, young childhood, older childhood, young adulthood, perhaps, maybe because of the social structure that requires us to have a social identity and the illusion of agency and all that. Maybe, maybe it is a sort of survival mechanism in in the complex world of mammalian um, social order or something. But, uh, but the, but I can promise you, and and this is revealed to many people through realization that the the complexity of the mind that 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 causes this sort of self-consciousness to appear this illusion of self-consciousness it can be it can be undone it can be abandoned actually and you find out that you function just fine but it's not a you (laughs) it's just functioning functioning just happens totally naturally and it always has so the answer really is no but it's only through realization will that that will ever satisfy you. You'll never be satisfied with my answer or anyone's answer, no matter how logical it is. The only satisfying answer for you is going to be realization. So, so keep waking up. It's the answer to everything here, by the way. Just keep waking up. It'll all be revealed. Okay. Can you function without thoughts? Yes. Do you become passive? No. You you might actually reverse some latent passivity, some hesitation, some fear, because a lot of hesitation and passivity has to do with fear. And when, when the, the illusion of self-consciousness is dropped, you might actually start to move much more spontaneously. It happened for me, it happens for a lot of people. So there you go. Same person asked, but what about creative thoughts or imagination? Are they not to be focused on too? I um, mean, you can do whatever you want. There's all kinds of ways to go about things and all kinds of paths. Some people use imagery for meditation and so forth. I never do it. And it's not, nece- I find I don't think it's necessary at all realization it's certainly not necessary. So I don't want to discount anyone's method if it works for them. If you want to explore that or there's teachers who do that or whatever, it's great. I don't do it. I don't need to. Um and you certainly don't need to focus on anything in the mind really to wake up. Uh there are uh, there are practices to inquire into what is at the source of those thoughts? What is the what do those thoughts all seem to point back to? A sense of self maybe? look for that right and so there's all these self-inquiry techniques i talk about but those aren't so much focusing on thoughts or Im- images that it's actually looking at the mechanism of thinking that looking at the mechanism of of identifying look at looking at the mechanism or as closely as you can to the sense of the one to whom and for whom all of this seems to be happening all this thinking and so forth so that's inquiry though okay <clears throat> Someone said, yes, I know this bracing myself to the next moment, and it's so exhausting. This is in reference to a video I made called Do You Feel Like You're Bracing Yourself for the Next Moment? Isn't that brutal? Like f- going through life feeling like hesitation. This, this is another answer to the first question is, <clears throat> the first question was, you know, do you need to plan? Do you need to do this and that? What we don't realize is all of that forward thinking and all of the thinking and analyzing and stuff, it's a secondary effect. The primary effect is fear, is hesitation. When you see that, it's like, of course you want to dispel that. Get under the fear, get under the hesitation, get under the suffering, and then just see how much of that thinking you need to do. Or will you be enjoying so much just being in the aliveness, being the aliveness, moving with total spontaneity that you won't care to imagine stuff about the future and past and live in that world of illusion. So again, the answer comes back to waking up. Someone gave me $9.99 and said, thanks. That was uh, John Klessinger. Thank you, John. Very nice of you. Very generous. Give you a heart. Um, someone said this sounds very familiar. Trying to prevent and holding on at the same time. That's the do you find yourself bracing yourself for the next moment? Video. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's exactly what it is. It's like bracing yourself, like like it's like a hesitation, but also holding on. It's like <laughs> it's like pushing and pulling on your experience all the time. Pushing and pulling. Pushing and pulling what you often find or what people find with with waking up is the experience of struggle is the experience of you they're they're seamless they're the same thing struggle struggles against struggle it's a feeling of just struggle in every direction right pushing and pulling on everything pushing on the past pulling on the future vice versa pushing and pulling on things we think we like and don't like it's all uh, it's all in a illusory world created by thought but it feels so real right and so we, we, we buy into it and when we buy into it we start to struggle we start to feel that struggle but it's so inherent to the feeling of being a me that we just do it all the time struggle 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 right that's no fun okay someone else said to the same video as this message was heard the world clarified further closer and more intimate wonderful being able to toggle back and forth between the infinite silence and the layers of narrative seems like a magical power It does at some point though, that it won't be as fun to to, like visit the world of narratives. (laughs) It becomes less of an option, less of a coping mechanism, but that's okay. Okay, this comes. that was uh, from a guy named uh, Joe Dellatore. So this is uh, Rowena Hutchinson. Uh, Angelo, you described this so well, same video. You described this so well, this has been the case here, but I think a practice of reminding myself just this throughout the day And now even in sleep uh, is reaping rewards, totally. That sounds really simple, right? But it works for this person. Find what works for you. Try things, try something. Don't just sit around and just tell yourself there's no one to do anything. Try something, you know? And if it's just reminding yourself, just this. Maybe it's just feel, just hear, just see. Who knows what'll work for you but that may work for you just this and yes when you apply a practice with diligence and with heart it often does start to appear in sleep so good for you i'm happy for you schneebs said something feels like it needs to keep life at arm's length It feels like jogging in place. I'm tired as hell and not going and not getting anywhere. Yeah. That's the same feeling, right? These are all comments on the same video. It's that feeling of driving with the brakes on hesitation. Um, It's so not fun, right? It's, but the, the good news is anyone hearing this, it's not your natural state. It's just not, I promise. It's not, there's a way to live so spontaneously and it's available to you for sure. 100%. Totally. Keep at it. (laughs) keep watching the videos, keep applying the practices, keep reading the books, keep going to retreats, whatever you're doing, whether it's with this stuff or another teacher that you resonate with or whatever, like keep at it, keep digging, keep working at this investigation and be willing to let go of illusion. Be willing to let go of that, which is seen to be illusory, false and feel what you have to feel to do that. That's the recipe. You'll find your way. And you'll find your way into this. You'll find your way out of hesitation, struggle, fear, identity, illusion, illusion. Illusion. Okay. So, okay, the same video here. This is uh, Cavella, Cavella, no, no, Cavello Pazzo. Cavello Pazzo, it's a cool name. Sounds Italiano. I can totally relate to this. All my life, I've had a huge fear of getting disrespected or humiliated. This is a common one for people, by the way. And so I try to control every situation to prevent it, which made me super stiff. This is a common one, and it happens in different forms. So fear of humiliation is a a huge fear. Like in my book, I describe this where the really early fears are like fear of abandonment. You know, The, the, the deepest and earliest connections you make are with your caretaker to keep you safe, provide the most basic needs, almost like the reptilian needs, right? Food, protection, safety. Later on, we when we become socially aware, when we essentially hit puberty, we become socially aware. Then this whole other layer of the fear of humiliation comes in. We may have some of it earlier with our family, depending on what's going on, but it, get, it comes online hardcore when we become socially aware. And our family is not the center of our attention so much now as our social group is the center of our attention, or at least the social world, whatever it is. And we get this fear of humiliation, right? Many people do. How you Now, what's interesting is how you uh, adapt to that. Is variable, right? Some people, and it kind of depends on you, right? So you may be charming. You may use your charm. You may charm people into liking you, or you may, you know, you may charm the pants off people, so to speak. Um, You may be funny. Funny people do this, right? If you're really funny, you'll use comedy to control your audience. And that means, you know, if you get them laughing, they won't hurt you. They will give you validation, right? It feels really good. You get the validation and you avoid the humiliation. That's also why like any comedian would tell you if, if you're going on stage and so forth, the worst feeling in the world is to, is to bomb, right? Is to like, just have a bad night where you're not funny, your timing's off, whatever. Terrible, right? Um, but yeah, some people use comedy to do it. Some people use avoidance to do it, right? Some people use rebellion to do it. Oh, I hate all those people. And so you just find the other rebellious people to like give you, give you the validation and you almost validate yourself by not caring about validation, but it's just a reaction formation. You're still seeking it in a different way. All these different methods we we go to. And and what I find is the probably the more emotional mm, pain or repression that there was in childhood, the, the more magnified this can be and the more distorted that persona can be. Um, but it can happen to anyone, for sure. Since awakening, so this is the second part of their um, statement. Since awakening, it's for sure getting better. Good. But it's so deep-rooted it is, and I struggle to believe... I will ever be able to feel comfortable and relaxed in every possible. Well, that's a big, that's a, that's like a big expectation to put on yourself. Like every single social situation possible, I'm always 100% relaxed. That will make you feel like you're failing, right? That'll make you feel, um, it'll skew your perception probably, right? I would just say if you're feeling better with it, that's great. If it's loosening up, that's great. The money isn't in trying to, this, this this can be applied broadly. It's not just with this fear of humiliation. It can be applied to a lot of things, but the money isn't in trying to be a certain way in every in every single situation. This is totally the way the mind thinks about things. The The key to this, after awakening especially, is to go really, really deep into the emotion associated with it. That's where, the, that's where the spell breaks. You may have to do it multiple times and you may have to go deeper than you thought you could. And it may take some time, but it's really in depth here. The depth is what's going to unhook this for you. Okay. That's really important, especially after awakening. So good work and, and be, be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up about this. A lot of times if we have a fear of humiliation, like I said, if we have a family trauma and things like that, we may have had a parent that maybe not humiliated us, but made us feel, um, less than a lot like that. That was the the relationship with parent. My, my parents kind of were like this. They didn't mean to be necessarily, but, um, but it, it can be like, subtextual right it can be like in in the body language in the voice inflection and so forth even in facial expressions they can tell you like you're not enough you're not good enough so we are already coming from this place of just not feeling good enough and then what happens is yeah oh now i fear humiliation now i beat myself up for that right it's almost like beating others to the punch of of humiliating you or beating others to the punch of making you feel bad so i just want to say don't make yourself feel bad it's none of this is personal you didn't do it to yourself it's just conditioned Conditioned experience, right, um, or conditioned reactions and so forth. So the awakening is huge. Let let the let the realization drive itself deeper, and just the, where you have to go is down into the body, into the emotions when they come, and the depth <clears throat> is going to make all the difference for you. Okay, <coughs> excuse me. Someone said this is Lloyd Lloyd Saul uh, S A U L. It says I want to get it but I'm also afraid of getting it. This happens. This is not an uncommon experience. While also understanding that it won't be I that gets it. Understanding that doesn't help though, really. That can be a side effect of listening to certain kinds of like non-duality videos and stuff where it's like there's no I or even Buddhist doctrine that there's no I, no self. Understanding that, I don't think it's too much of a hindrance, but it's totally not the way it will be experienced in realization. So don't get yourself in your head about like, well, who's there to be be afraid and like what will happen to me while there's no me that's just thoughts right but this part about like i want to get it but i'm afraid of getting it i want to point out that that's normal there's a part of you that's beyond you it's beyond you as you know yourself for sure that's what's driving you that's what made you write the comment that's what's making you watch these videos this stuff's crazy why would you do this there's only one reason to to come into contact with your true nature in a more real way than you had before as long as you remember perhaps But there's something beyond you, something beyond all of us, beyond the the human dimension that drives this process to know our deepest truth, right? Um, That's there. And that's when you say, I want to get it. That's what wants to get it. And also afraid? Yeah, of course, there's going to be fear. But here's the deal. And this is the most important point of what I'm going to say with this comment. It doesn't matter if there's fear or not. It doesn't matter how much fear there is. It doesn't, that does not prevent awakening. You'll wake up right in the middle of fear if you have to. It'll just happen the way it needs to. But people often wake up right after an intense fear. Or some people don't have the fear. It, do- it doesn't follow a recipe. But But just know the fear doesn't mean you can't wake up. The fear means you're normal. Yeah? The inclination is well-placed and it's based in wisdom. And your own instinct is good here. Okay. The question says, regardless, the description makes me wonder how one functions in a day to day after awakening, because it sounds almost euphoric with, okay. But again, this is that post-processing where it's like, you're trying to, the the fear comes, right? The inclination to wake up comes and the fear comes and then, then it's like, okay, wait a minute, let me, let me try to put it together in my mind. Let me think about how it's going to be after awakening. And that's all, that's kind of down the road. It's like, to me, it feels like a reaction to the fear. Like that's the thoughts that are kind of keeping you safe from the fear. Um, it's okay that they're there, but just recognize those are thoughts. You're not going to, you're never going to know how it is after awakening. It's just impossible. It's impossible. It's even people who've heard me describe it over and over and over in the ways I try to describe it. When it happens, they'll be like, this is not how, this is not how I thought it would be. And I, and I would always say like, have you noticed I've said that so many times, it's not going to be how you thought it would be. And they'd say, yes, I, I did hear you say that, but I still thought, I still thought I knew what that meant. But you don't. So it's just the nature of it. It's like you go beyond the known or your known. So understand all of that thinking, conjecture. How is it going to be after? It's just not going to help you. It doesn't hurt anything, but it's just a bunch of thoughts. So that's not where the money is. The money is, like I said, orienting to that part of yourself that says yes to this. That's like, yeah, I want to go. And I'm feeling fear. That's fine. Feel it. Feel it here, though. Don't jump up here. Nice. Um, and then I have this video video that was called The Deep Shadow Trigger Warning. I'm not kidding. Don't say I didn't warn you. And then when people watched it and went, Jesus, that was really intense. But I really put the trigger warning on there on purpose. What's funny is when I put the trigger warning, it gets higher views, but I don't do it for that. I actually mean it. That, this was a heavy video. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, don't watch it unless you really feel inclined. But then someone wrote here uh, as a comment. Sounds like torture. It might feel like it a little bit. When you're in it, but yeah, I mean, you know, and then if you tell yourself, oh, this is torture, it's just going to make it worse because it's the mind's trying to magnify the experience. It's not really trying to magnify it. The mind's trying to make dramatic comments to get your attention into the mind because in the past you've used the mind as a pacifier. But by the time you're in this space where the video points, you can't do that anymore and you know it. So then, yeah, dropping all labels is really important. Like, this is torture. I can't handle it. This will destroy me, as I mentioned, right? So this person who saw this and said that, I I don't know where they are. It doesn't really matter. But I just wanted to make that point that by the time you're at this place, you'll get it. You'll understand what this video means. You'll resonate with it. And if you watch, if you happen to see the video or you see the comments underneath, you'll see many people who watched it were like, yep, I know that place or I've been that place or I am in that place. Um, but if, if you're not there yet, you know, if you haven't had a shift at all or whatever, it might sound like torture to listen to that video, but it's, you can't really get your head around it. It's not like that. It's, it's something that when it comes, you have the capacity for it by then for sure. And it's, and it's an experience. It will come and it will go. Okay. Someone said a thank you. Okay, this is an interesting comment. Um, This is from the video, do you want the good news or the bad news about awakening? Uh, The commenter is named Ice Immortal, which is kind of cool. Like some kind of being that just rose from the Arctic ice and wanders the earth looking for, I don't know, the best flavor of ice cream or something. Um, And this person said, at times I feel like I'm possessed and overtaken by my shadow. That might sound dramatic, but I think it's rather accurate. It's rather accurate. Um, some of the most like heinous things that humans do. And if you ever listen to them, like in court or describing it or talking about what, what it feels like to be overcome with the urge to like kill or something, I'm not saying this is ice immortal. It's not, but, um, but what what they'll say is that that's exactly what they, like something took me over. Like the urge was so strong and it just took me over and I became like, kind of unconscious or something and some people may say, oh, that's an excuse I think it's probably true actually. I think that some subconscious drives are so strong and they're and they're based in a lot of fear and they're based in you know self-hatred often things like that but they're so strong they can like take us over and cause us to do really um antisocial things, really violent things and even things that are seem uh, very inconsistent with our persona who, who maybe a lot of people think we are. That's an extreme version when I talk about violent, overt violence, but it, I still see it in people all the time. Um, I've seen it myself, where it's like, you if you if you get really good at watching closely the the mechanism of attention, it may be surprising how quickly um, like ego can assert itself and replace experience such that you don't even notice it happened until it's already there. And that's a little creepy, right? It's a little creepy, like a little something possessing you and taking you over. <laughs> And it's true. And I think Eckhart Tolle calls it, um, accurately, he calls it pain body and he says it can go dormant and stay dormant for a long time and then it can activate. I think he's right on the money. It's exactly what it's like. So I think you're right that it can happen. And seeing that is good because what it does is it says, okay, I want to get under that. Like I want to I want to see so deeply into my experience, my identity, um, into my mind, into whatever, that that I can break that spell. Yeah? I think that's a massive challenge, but you can do it takes time, takes time and it takes realization, but, um, I think it's worthwhile. I find that extremely challenging as it feels like a rather nightmarish trip that I can't terminate no matter what. Yeah, I understand. It eventually stops and I feel traumatized, but I also relieved that it has stopped. Therapy can help, right? Because this could be related to a certain trauma or something. So therapy can help with this stuff. Um, meditation, certainly a good meditation practice can help. But really, to break the spell of that ability to disassociate, to go unconscious, etc., uh, re- it requires realization. It just, it just does. I think, you know, to really break the spell, you can soften all of this without realization. You can soften it. You can, you know, you can find better coping mechanisms. You can, you can learn to parent yourself. You can instill. Uh, compassion in your experience and in your into yourself and your mind and your heart, into your relationships with other people, you can do all of that stuff for sure. Um, but if you want to break that spell, if you want to cut it off at the knees, <laughs> so to speak, pluck up your life root, your illusion of separation. It requires realization. So I feel for you. Okay. This is a Zen puppy, which is a really fun name. This is from the video do you feel like you're bracing yourself for the next moment listening to your experience here of pre-awakening you sound like an enneagram six i've done the enneagram three times and they're all different one of them i was a two enneagram is very difficult for me to even answer the questions because the the questions in enneagram are very thought-based so it's like it's like interpretation and it's very hard because i can't buy into thoughts anymore i can't buy into beliefs i almost have to just sort of guess, or when I'm reading the questions, I have to sort of try to imagine how I used to be. So it's it's very artificial for me to take the test. This is just my experience of it. Um, and I've had three different answers when I took it. And I don't think any of them are six, but anyway. Um, it is clarifying to hear you say that these characteristics of holding back and being mostly fear-based made sense and were familiar to me. That This is everyone though. So um, <clears throat> it may be more prominent for a six, for instance, or uh, whatever, but I promise you, Having worked with so many people going through all of this, going through this unbinding process, everyone will find this about themselves at some point. They will all find that, oh, my God, I've been operating out of fear my entire life. Maybe for a six, they're more clear on that. Maybe it's just more obvious to them. And for other people, it's more buried. But there's there's fear interwoven and interlaced with identity for everyone, fear and doubt, for sure. So that's helpful. But I'm glad it related. I'm glad it was relatable. There's one called The Evolution of Fear, a video I did, and this message is from, hi, how are you? It says, ha ha, man, this is always on my mind. Do I need courage or not? That's a good question, isn't it? Let's talk about it. Some non-dual teachers preach courage and also people in society, yet it would be so much easier if there was a way to destroy the fear entirely so you won't have to be courageous. These are all caps, so I I feel like this person's yelling at me. I'm joking, but it is all caps. Um, fear and courage. Okay, I'm not sure I know what courage is, honestly, because like, I know very, very timid, very soft people who go through this process and do great. I mean, they go through all the twists and turns and the pain, body and emotion and fear, and like they go through all the things everyone goes through, but they're not necessarily like the 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 warrior type. Let's say, other people are very warrior type. And they go through this process as well. Is one more courageous than the other? I don't know. Christ said the meek shall inherit the earth. I think he said it that way. The meek shall inherit the earth. I know exactly what he means by that. You have to go through this surrendered. So in a way, if we're talking about courage in, in in respect to what we're talking about with awakening, then courage actually equals being willing to be surrendered it's um it's more of a humbleness it's more of a and it's a it's a willingness to be honest with yourself about what is an illusion and not insisting that that illusion is real and just grasping onto it that's courage probably another way of saying that actually is courage to break free of the social matrix that's that's the courage to go against the grain of the social endorsements that we get that tell us to stay somebody that's what courage is in this in this setting and now that i've talked myself through it <laughs> that's pretty much what i think it is yeah okay good comment thank you this is empty full health i'm doing a facilitator training for men's circle work and in the beginning we check in with a score out of 10 for how we we're doing I was at a four out of 10 because I'm processing a lot of energy. The cool thing was that I felt more like a four out of four. I like that. I like that, right? Because the cognitive distortion is like, oh, I should be a 10 right now, but I'm a four. How about you're a four because you're a four? <laughs> There's, what, what if you don't compare it? Do you have to compare it? it? turns out you don't. You don't have to compare anything. This moment is exactly how it is. And that that complete acceptance of that without comparison, without agenda, that is enlightenment period. So good for you. Four out of four. I assume that's what you mean. Let me see here. As in, I knew that I felt like a four, but there wasn't anything else to relate to it. Exactly. That's exactly it. Perfect. Good job. And then they say down here, I do feel like I've cheated the system in a way, like a rebellious school kid that's found a loophole. That's exactly what it feels like. It's called dispassion. It's called the death of the one who cares. The only reason we think we care about the things we think we care about is because of fear. When you see that clearly, you have an opportunities to, to move through this world in a very different way. I hope it stays that way for you, but it may not for a while. It may, it may stay that way and kind of come and go. And then you have to hit those deep emotional barriers. And, but maybe not that kind of equanimity. You can live from that for sure. Love it. Okay. George Shepard said, thinking time and clocks. Did we say five o'clock before there were clocks? <laughs> Guessing not. Someone said, it's been said that reality or God is the most simple. It's missed by complicating everything. I believe this is right on the mark whether you call it reality or God or whatever source um doesn't matter to me what matters to me is seeing that what you're reifying as reality awareness source God um it can still be another very subtle layer of identity well sometimes it's not a subtle layer sometimes it's a very overt layer but it can be a very subtle layer of identity still so just be aware of that but it's definitely in the right direction I like that direction I like that orientation Cool. I'm reading through some thank yous. Someone here, I'm actually reading a little ways down in their comment. It's, they're called Tutorial 9322. <laughs> Someone says, right now, life seems like the worst possible way it could be. Couldn't be any worse. To me, that's awesome news, right? Because what, who or what is in the business of how bad everything is? The mind, right? So if the mind has gone to its limit with deciding how bad everything could possibly be, And it kind of means you've like lost everything. You're in a really good place. Just make sure you've really lost everything. Make sure you're not using that to soften a blow, right? You really, when you really hit your end of what you can do with the mind, you're in a really good place. Then they said no free will, no self, no other, no safe place, no permanence, nothing real, just empty appearances without control like an evil joke from a demon. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but um, my sense is whoever wrote this is definitely intellectualizing this because if you experience that world, it doesn't feel like a demon, a joke from a demon. It feels like you won the lottery. (laughs) So again, the mind can interpret none know this, know that, know this. No, I don't have this. I don't have that. There's no form. There's no choice. There's no, Meaning there's no purpose, the mind's interpretation of that is I've lost everything. But the I is at the center of that I've lost everything, feeling and belief, right? When that when that's out of the picture, when that sense of the one who for whom all this is occurring, when that's out of the picture, then there's no reason to say no anything. It's it's not true that there's no this, 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 and this. There's also not true that there is this, 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 and this, and this. All of those are limitations. Those are all limiting um perceptions they're not really limiting they're not limiting anything because they can't do anything they're completely inert they're all thoughts but what they represent is just false so then what's left well it's just this but this isn't no 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 that's not yes 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 either it's nothing like that it's um just what it is turns out it's just perfectly okay And I don't mean to invalidate your experience either. It can be very rough to go through those those types of realizations. But understand, that's not the deepest realization. It will go deeper, for sure. And it will have surprising twists and turns. Someone commented on the Clio video. They said, I love this video. I'm amazed by my animals. Leslie, I love animals. <clears throat> Someone said, poetic nonsense, ha, ha, ha. Isn't, I think they mean poetry here. All nonsense until the moment when it's not, kind of is. I used to not get poetry at all when I was younger. It didn't make sense to me. Like I didn't, I didn't understand why people would use words that didn't make sense. And I didn't get it at all. I had no, I didn't have a feeling, I didn't feel into it. But now poetry is like, it's a feeling thing. It's it's like a massage or something, right? It, it causes a physical experience. Um, but yeah, when we're really mind-identified, and I was really mind-identified, <laughs> uh, the, the, the intellectual, logical mind really can't do anything with poetry. But maybe the right poem at the right time can break through that mind, can put it on tilt and break it. Just like that beautiful scene in the movie, um, uh, Revolver, where someone hands him a card and he reads the card right before he takes the first step down a stair- stair- staircase. And he just freezes and just falls down the stairs because he's in a freeze state because what was written on the card was so, he he basically said it stopped his mind because it was such an astounding statement. Um, I'll let you watch the movie, but it's kind of like that. Some things will put the mind on tilt, turning word, the right situation, coming to the end of your inquiry, exhausting your will, having a disruption in your life, tragedy. These things stop the mind. They can stop the mind. When your mind stops, that's your opportunity. Don't start it back up. Don't grasp on anything. Let go. Don't hold on anything. Don't construct beliefs. Don't try to understand. Don't spiritualize it. That's your opportunity. Someone said, oh my God, LOL, how to find infinity in the breath. They must've had a good experience of that. That was cube dog. Maybe I'll just go down and look at look for cool names because people have some fun names here. This is fun, a fun comment. Robin Novak said, the relationship thing was so, so, so important to me. Then a few years ago, I really let it go and awakening became the most important thing. That's awesome when someone can get to that realization that like all the other agendas I have about how I want my life to go, um, I can see through them. They, they may make some, bring some enjoyment into my life and of course all that stuff, but they're not going to satisfy my deepest yearning, right? And when you feel and you get the, you get the message viscerally that awakening is or awakening can address that, then it's time to reprioritize. And it, it can be very surprising what happens in your life. Like as to this person, when she said then a few years later, I, or I let it go. And then awakening became the most important thing. Oh, of course, a f- couple months later, I met this amazing man who I love dearly. And ironically seems to get, get me who get to get in the way of my awakening. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know about that, but much harder to set aside time to do inquiry when there's someone else around, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, maybe the timing was good. Like that could have been too distracting earlier on. And, and you still have this drive and this orientation, which is awesome. Okay, I think I'm done with um, questions and answers for the moment. But people seemed to like it when I did it before. And it's a nice way for me to do this without having to try to type all this stuff in. And it can be helpful to multiple people. So maybe I'll do more in the future. So thanks to everyone for your support and uh, watching the channel. And I appreciate that.